from the CPRI Knowledge Hub and CPRIHub.org. This is Research Minutes, a deep dive into new and important research in the realm of education. Today, we look at the benefits of having a same-race teacher. While many studies have examined the connections between minority students, minority teachers, and immediate outcomes like test scores, few have attempted to track those impacts through high school and into college. What we find is a little bit surprising, although perhaps not that surprising given what we know about the importance of role models more generally. We welcome American University researcher Seth Gershenson, who recently led a study to examine the long-run impacts of same-race teachers. Gershenson sits down with the University of Pennsylvania's Rand Quinn to discuss his findings. Even having one same-race teacher in the early elementary grades has a significant effect on long-run educational outcomes. Their potential explanations. The mere presence of a black teacher in the front of the classroom induces black students to engage more with school and ultimately perform better. And some valuable takeaways for practitioners, policymakers, and researchers across the country. In our paper, we're thinking of the teachers as role models, but professionals in the community can absolutely serve as role models. Communities and schools can work together to provide opportunities, both in school and out of school, for kids to be exposed to the possibilities that are out there. That's right now on Research Minutes. I'm Ryan Quinn, Associate Professor of Education at the University of Pennsylvania and Senior Researcher at CIPRI, the Consortium for Policy Research and Education. And today I'm happy to be joined by Seth Gershenson, Associate Professor in the Department of Public Administration and Policy at American University. Welcome, Seth. Hi, thanks for having me. We're here to talk about your NBER working paper, The Long-Run Impact of Same-Race Teachers, which was posted in November 2018. Who are your collaborators on this study? Uh, There's a a bunch of us. Uh, The collaborators are Cassie Hart in the School of Education at UC Davis, Constance Lindsay at the Urban Institute, Nicholas Papa George at Johns Hopkins University's Department of Economics, and Joshua Hyman at the University of Connecticut School of Public Policy. You and your collaborators examined the effect of student-teacher race match, the impact of black teachers on black students. Prior to your study, what was known generally about the impact of same-race teachers? So uh, prior to our study, we had a pretty good sense that having a same-race teacher had significant, notable, uh, contemporaneous impacts on immediate outcomes like test scores, student attendance, student suspensions, And we also knew that same-race teachers themselves reacted differently. So, for example, uh, same-race teachers would have higher educational expectations for students. They'd have better perceptions of how same-race students behaved in class. But all of that evidence was very immediate uh, and focused on short-run indicators. What we didn't know was whether those race match effects carried over to the long-run outcomes that we really care about as policymakers. This is the contribution that you make with the study, the effect of same-race teachers on long-run educational attainment. Let's cut to the chase. What are your principal findings? Uh, That's right. So we look at uh, several measures of long-run educational attainment, including high school graduation, college aspirations, as well as college enrollment and graduation. And what we find is a little bit surprising, um, although perhaps not that surprising given what we know about the importance of role models more generally, and that is that even having one same-race teacher in the early elementary grades has a significant effect on long-run educational outcomes. For example, 
having at least one same race teacher in between kindergarten and third grade increases the probability that kids will graduate from high school by about 7% and increases uh, college enrollment rates by about 13%. So those are pretty big effects um, for any educational intervention, especially when you consider that these are early elementary uh, interventions affecting long-run outcomes. How did you come about these results? Share with us the data and methods you use. So in any type of analysis of uh, the effect of teachers, you worry about non-random sorting of students to classrooms and the types of teachers that certain students are going to get. So we looked for a random experiment where uh, students and teachers were actually randomly assigned to classrooms. And the data and the experiment that we use is the Tennessee Star class size experiment, which was a a massive experiment conducted in the mid-1980s in Tennessee. And the goal of that experiment was to study the effect of class size. But an unintended benefit of this experiment was that in the course of doing that experiment, we're also able to study other questions, such as the effect of having a same-race teacher. So we're looking at truly randomized experimental data where kids in a given school would be randomly assigned to classrooms, the teachers would be randomly assigned to classrooms, and what we end up with is a setting where in a given school, some students are randomly assigned to a classroom taught by a black teacher, and other schoolmates are randomly assigned to a classroom taught by a white teacher. And we leverage that data to look at what happens to those students in terms of high school graduation, college aspiration as measured by taking the SAT or ACT, and ultimately enrolling in college. Listeners may wonder what the underlying mechanisms are that explain the effect of same-race teachers. Your study tackles this and offers some suggestive evidence. That's right. Uh, And understanding the mechanisms, I think, is is really important in terms of policy implications and thinking about how we would use these results to inform teacher training and so on. And here, the the suggestive caveat is important because we don't totally uh, nail the mechanisms, but we think we have pretty good evidence about what might be happening and what's probably not happening. So one explanation for these results would be that in the schools that black students attend, the black teachers are just better teachers than the white teachers. But we find no evidence that that's the case. So that's not the explanation. And we can rule that out by controlling for observed characteristics of the teachers, like experience, as well as looking at the effect of black teachers on white students' outcomes. And we find a precise zero effect of having a black teacher on white students' outcomes. So then we move on to two other uh, explanations or mechanisms. The first is uh, simply that black teachers have very specific skills when teaching same race uh, or black students. And this could come about in a couple ways. Uh, Education scholars have referred to this as cultural competence, uh, as well as teaching a hidden curriculum. So black teachers, in other words, might be familiar with specific ways to communicate with black students um, and specific lessons that they know that it's important to impart to uh, black students. And we find some evidence that that's happening. But the, the most interesting result is that we also find evidence of what we'll call role model effects. And role model effects uh, are happening when the teachers are not doing anything differently. And the mere presence of a black teacher in the front of the classroom induces black students to engage more with school and and, uh, ultimately perform better in school. And the idea here and the idea that we uh, pursue in the paper using a formal model is that 
this role model effect is, is essentially an information type of shock. The presence of a black teacher, the presence of a college-educated professional who looks like these students provides an example of success, an example of um, entering the middle class, an example of becoming a professional that might counter the students' preconceived notions about what's possible for them or what's possible in school. And interestingly, our, our model of this sort of checks out with what we see in the data, but it also lines up with some qualitative evidence going back 50 years in North Carolina, where black teachers would uh, describe the role that they played in the community as serving as a role model. You leverage data from the Tennessee Star class size experiment. It's experimental data, but it's data that comes from a particular state, Tennessee, during a particular period of time, the 1980s. How does your study address the issue of external validity? Uh, yeah, that's a really good question. So we really wanted to get another data set to sort of verify that this result is not a fluke, that it's a, it's a real thing. And the data we get to do that exercise is uh, rich administrative data covering the entire state of North Carolina. And this data covers a very different time period. And so it's two decades later, it's data for the entire state, and uh, there's no experiment here. So rather, we're going to use some different methods to study the effect of same-race teachers. And what's remarkable is that we replicate the effects almost exactly in a different state, in a different decade, using different methods. And this really lends credence to the, to the causal effect here, as well as the sort of pervasiveness of this same-race teacher effect. So you find that there are indeed positive effects on same-race teachers with regard to long-run educational attainment. What might be some public policy responses that would capitalize on the findings of, of your study? Yeah. So here, again, this is an interesting question because I think there's multiple policy implications and there's also uh, sort of a timing dimension to thinking about these policy implications. And what I mean by that is the most obvious policy implication that sort of comes immediately from this analysis is that, well, geez, we should really try to hire more black and non-white teachers that are to get a teaching body that's more representative of the teachers who are in our public schools. And I think that's exactly right. I think this is um, strong evidence that we do need a more diverse teacher body. We do need to do more to hire, recruit, and retain teachers of color. But the caveat to that is that doing so takes time. Retaining teachers is something we can do better at now. But in terms of hiring and recruiting, that comes back to a pipeline that simply isn't there. And developing that pipeline means getting more students of color into college and interested in teaching and so on. And that's not something that can happen right now. That's a more longer term goal. So an important question then is, well, what can we do right now? And there's, I think there's two two things we can think about doing in the short run. The first is training teachers better uh, and training teachers of all races. And one, one type of training might be implicit bias training. One type of training might have to do with shaping teachers' expectations and helping teachers to uh, instill a, a mindset of having high expectations for all students. And another type of training that I think is um, very promising is empathy training. And there's all of these trainings are, can be relatively light touch, relatively cheap, relatively short workshops that happen maybe once a year over the summer or at the start of the school year, where teachers 
um, are trained by psychologically well-informed interventions that talk about how to empathize with your students, how to see the world through their eyes, how to, how to transmit high expectations uh, and aspirations to your students. So I think that's one promising policy implication that can be implemented right now, both for pre-service and in-service teachers. And then the third type of intervention, what I'll loosely call role model interventions, are really sort of any way that you can get professional, successful adults who look like students in front of classes and in front of students. When I say look like, that could be people from the same neighborhood, people of the same race, people of the same socioeconomic background, whatever um, that uh, demographic similarity is, just simply exposing kids to successful people who look like them can really can really do great things, even in a very short amount of time. So, for example, there's a, a very interesting experiment conducted in France where they had female scientists visit high school classrooms just for about 20 minutes, and the female scientists would talk about the type of research and experiments that they do. Um, and this had a big, big effect on the female students' college applications, as well as their major choices in college. So that's something you can do sort of outside of the traditional teacher body and just leveraging the professionals uh, in the community. What's exciting here is that you've articulated a set of responses that involve a wide array of stakeholders, policymakers, private philanthropists. When you talked about professional development, maybe school leaders, district leaders, teachers, community members with the notion of uh, role models from the community. And uh, it seems like the, the multiple responses is both in the short term and in the long term may be required to, to really uh, tackle this issue of attainment gaps. Are there other, other stakeholders or other ways that at the local level or at other levels, communities might, might take up your findings and, and address attainment gaps? Yeah, I think... I think you're right. It is promising that there's sort of uh, many different avenues that that we can attack this problem from. And communities can absolutely um, play a role here, especially with regard to the to the role model idea. In our paper, we're thinking of the teachers as role models. But again, professionals in the community can absolutely serve as role models. And communities and schools can work together um, to provide opportunities, both in school and out of school, for kids to be exposed to sort of the possibilities that are out there and the professions and achievements that people from their own neighborhoods have gone on to succeed in and thrive in. And related to that, and maybe a a fourth class of interventions that, that we could think about is simple talking and conversations about, you know, what does it take to go to college and who can go to college and how do you go and what's it, what's it like? And, uh, you know, how much does it cost? And, those simple conversations and relatively simple information that a lot of people take for granted, frankly, those simple conversations and simple pieces of information can do wonders for kids who, who aren't exposed to them. And I think there's a whole series of experiments and evidence circulating right now about the power of very simple information about what financial aid is available and sort of what what SAT scores do you need to get into a good four-year college? Those simple pieces of information are things that communities can make common knowledge just by having conversations and, and open discussions about them. This is interesting, timely, important work. 
For those listeners interested in reading the paper, the title again is The Long-Run Impact of Same-Race Teachers, National Bureau of Economic Research, Working Paper Number 25254. You can find it online at nber.org. Professor Seth Gershenson, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Yeah, thank you. Likewise. Thanks for listening to this week's Research Minutes, presented by the CPRI Knowledge Hub. For more episodes or to subscribe to this series, visit us at cprehub.org. That's C-P-R-E-Hub.org. To share thoughts on today's episode or to suggest future topics, you can follow us on Twitter at CPRIHub. <laughs>